Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. Are you willing? Amen. So we're going to be we're going to be discussing this and we're going to be challenged. I believe God is going to challenge us. I believe that God is going to challenge our, our 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 hearts. God is going to challenge where we are in life at this very moment. And it's good when you and I are challenged because when we're challenged, it gives us an opportunity to grow. It, it, when we're challenged it means that we know one one area really well. We, we stand really well in point A, but if God wants to move us from point A to point B, something has to be moved, something has to change, something has to come into our lives that makes us, that motivates us, that causes us to realize that point A is no longer where I need to be, but now point B or wherever it is that God is moving me to, that's where I need to go. And many times, just to take one step forward, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. So today we're going we're gonna to be answering the question or we're going to be asking the question to ourselves. Are you willing to risk? Are you willing to risk? Are you willing to take a risk? Are you willing to live a life in that, in, that involves a, a, some risks? Not risk as far as your life necessarily, your physical life. Not risks as far as, uh, as something that can harm you, but risks as far as what God is asking you and I to do. So we're going to read a few verses out of Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. We're going to read there. The Lord has said to Abram, go. Everyone say go. Tell your neighbor you got to go. The Lord has said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth, not just a couple of people, not just the neighbor, not just the person that lives across, not just your coworker. He's, Jesus God tells Abraham or Abram that he is going to be a blessing to all people and all peoples on earth will be blessed. Through you. Verse 4. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he he set out from Haran. Amen. So we're going to jump over to Hebrews chapter 11 really quickly. If you have it, great. If you don't, it's going to be up on the screen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. The Word of God says, By faith, Abraham, 
When called to go to a place he will later receive as, in, as his inheritance, obeyed and went. He went. Even though he did not know where he was going. Even though he did not know where he was going. Amen. When we get in a car, usually when you and I step into our car, we open the door, we sit down, we know where we're headed. Right? We know that we, we need to get to the store. We need to get to the restaurant. We need to get to whatever place, to our friend's house, to our parents' house, wherever it is we're going. We get into a car. We get into a vehicle. We, get, we leave our house with the intention of leaving one place to arrive to another place. And this may happen to you on occasion. Have you ever driven around not knowing where you're going? This has happened to me every once in a while. We, 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 we get in the car and, and we start driving and we're like, well, we're going to go eat. Where do you want to eat? Uh, I don't know. Whatever you want to go. Well, okay, well, what do you, but what do you feel like? And, and we start driving having no idea where we're headed. And if you do that, if you ever notice that you do this, you're, you're going until, you know, until on Yelp, finally you find something on Yelp that you kind of both agree on. You sometimes end up passing the destination you're like well it was back there we got to turn well we passed it 10 minutes oh man we should have known if we had already known where we were going we could have gone but now we got to go back and we don't want to go back or we end up driving in circles or wasting time praise god so when we get in the car, usually it's a good idea to know where you're going now also there's the occasion uh, uh, at times when you Last year, a couple years ago, I, 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 we were just kind of stressed out at home. I don't know. I'm like, I feel like I'm always telling you guys we're stressed out or something. But it was a, it was a, 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 a trying moment. I, I remember it was Friday night. I, told my, I, I thought to myself that, day, you know what, I need to take my wife out on a date tonight. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> it was a good idea. It was good. And I thought, you know, I'm going to, I want to take her somewhere where it's fun, somewhere where you do something, because we, we all go out and eat, and it's, you know, it's, it's always the same thing. We go sit down and we eat. And, and um, I didn't want to do that, and I didn't want to go to a movie because, you know, you sit and you watch a movie, you're not really interacting with one another. So I thought, where could I take my wife that, that would be something that we're doing something together and somewhere we can also eat, but we're also doing an activity or something. And I thought, well, no one, I mean, you know, we don't go bowling, but that's not what I thought. I wanted something new, something different. And I remember that I, I finally decided on Top Golf. We had never been to Top Golf. And I said, you know what, that might be a good place. But I didn't want to tell my wife where we were going. Because I didn't know if she would like it. I wasn't sure. Uh, she might say, well, no, I don't want to go there. I wanted to take her somewhere different, right? So I get home. I say, hey, babe, get ready. We're going to go out. Uh, we're going to have a date tonight. She's like, what? We're going to have a date? You haven't taken me on a date in years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, no, I don't feel like it or whatever. No, 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 we're going. I already had reservations Forgive me, Lord. I already have this. I already got this. I have that. And she's like, she reluctantly got into the vehicle. But she got into the vehicle having no idea where we were going. 
But the only reason that she got in the vehicle, the only reason that she got in the car with me was because she trusted me. She knew that I wasn't going to take her somewhere that was going to harm her. She knew that after, at the end of the day, my best intentions were to take her to somewhere where she would enjoy herself, somewhere that would relieve her stress. And she said, okay, I'll jump in the car, even though, even though she asked the whole way, where are we going? Have we never gone this way. Why are we going to downtown Dallas? Where are we going? What are we doing? What are, where are you taking me? And I'm praying that she doesn't guess it because she always guesses my surprises. And, and finally we arrived. We had a great time. And we were there for three hours. We, we played some, uh, some top golf and we, we ate and we had great conversation. We had a good night. But I had to get her into the car. And I had to get her to trust me and say, you know what, just come with me. I got something good for us. Many times in life, God does the same thing with us. God says, hey, son, hey, daughter, I have something very special for your life. I have something, I have a plan for your life. I have a purpose for your life. You, I, I, you don't, wouldn't understand it in this moment because you're stuck where you're at right now. But you have to trust me that I will take you to a place that is way better than where you've been. I'm going to take you to a place that you're going to enjoy. Yeah, there's going to be some traveling. There's going to be a journey. And there may be moments between point A and point B that there may be some pain. But at the the end of the day God asks us to trust him you gotta trust me now in Genesis chapter 11 uh, we are first introduced to, to Abram we get introduced to Abram and his family and it tells us that they came, his family comes from a, from a land called Ur. Father, uh, the father of, of Abram, his name is Terah. And his brother's names are Naor and, and Haran. And at some point, Abraham's brother Haran dies. And not much time after that, Terah, Abram's dad, packs up the family and says, Hey guys, we're going to Canaan. But something happens along the way. They don't get all the way to, the Can to Canaan. I don't know if they went one quarter of the way. Maybe they got there halfway. Maybe they got there three quarters of the way. But the Bible says that they ended up uh, in Haran. And they ended up settling in Haran. And we get introduced to Abram at this point of the story. In chapter 12, it tells us that one day... God spoke into Abram's life. Now, if we were to read the Bible and, and understand some of this background, we would understand that possibly, just maybe this was the first time that Abram heard God's voice in his life. Because up to this point, we don't know nothing about Abram. All we know is his family line. All we know is where he lived. And all we know is that God called him from one place to another. And he says, Abram, go. Go. Now, I don't know how the revelation was. I don't know if there was an angel of the Lord that appeared to him. I don't know if it was a dream, if it was a vision. I don't know how Abram received this word to go. But it must have been significant. It must have been impacting in his life because as we read the word, it tells us that he actually got up and he went. Now, 
Again, this might be the very first time Abram has ever heard God speak into his life because there is no indication in the narrative that Abraham or Abram has ever spoken to God or has a relationship with God. In fact, Joshua 24, 2 says, Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. So we can assume or we can, there's an implication that possibly, just possibly, Abram was an idolater. He, he probably worshipped other gods up, at this, up until this point. Now, we don't know for sure. But just getting some of the context, we, we can kind of get this together and, 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 and we, can be, uh, we can understand this a little bit. And this is the first time that God speaks into Abram's life. Now, I, I bring this up because there are times in our lives, praise the Lord, there are times in our lives where we're not like Abram. We're not necessarily uh, never heard of God because all of us here have heard of God. But there are times in our lives where we are like Abram, where we are worshiping other gods such as work, such as money, such as, as, as hobbies and, and football teams and soccer teams. And we give all of our time, we give all of our resources to other things besides God. And we can come to a place in our lives where we believe that God cannot speak to us anymore. But I'm here to tell you that if God could speak to Abram, even though Abram was far from God, even though Abram had never heard God's voice and he was impacted by the word go, someone here today needs to hear that God is telling you it's time to get up and it's time to go to the next level. I don't know where God is calling you to. I don't know what he's asking you to do, but he is calling you today. Maybe you've given up on yourself because you come from a dysfunctional family. Maybe you've given up on yourself because you, you've, re you've reverted to old ways and you've, you've gotten away from God. You no longer pray. You no longer seek him. You no longer feel his presence. But let me tell you, there is hope for you. There is hope for me. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 8, draw near to him and he shall draw near to you. All you have to do is recognize him in your life and turn and face him. Look at him. Look at the cross. Look at his beauty. Look at here for his voice. God can cause for this man by the name of Abram for his life to be changed entirely. And God can do the same for you. God can do the same for a family member. God can do the same for a friend, a co-worker. All it takes is one word from God. And in Abram's case, the word was go. Go. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Now, understand... Put yourself in the picture. Put yourself in the story. 
Imagine you're, I don't know what Abram did. I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he was look, checking on his camels. Maybe he was checking uh, 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 on some of the livestock he had. Maybe he was looking at his lands and, and he was doing some, some finances. I don't know what God was doing. But can you imagine all of a sudden getting the word from up above, having God speak into your life, and you're going about your day, and all of a sudden he says, go from everything you know, Leave your country, leave your father's home, then go to the place that I will show you. I'm not even going to tell you where you're going, Abram, but you're just going to have to get up and you're going to have to go. I think most of us would have been like, what? What? You want me to leave everything I've ever known? You, you want me to leave my father? Uh, you want me to leave my, my, my mother? You want me to leave my brothers and my sister? I don't understand what you're asking. You know what? I don't even know who you are. Like, where are you asking me to go? To Alabama? To California? I mean, I don't know. Where do you want me to go? You won't even tell me. Now, that was been hard. Now, imagine the conversation with the wife. Hey, hon. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, and God appeared. God? What do you mean God? Which God? God. What's his name? Is it this one or that? No, no, no. Just God. What were you drinking, Abram? Well, you know, he, he, he spoke to me and um, he's asking me and you and take the family and take all our stuff and he wants us to leave. To leave? But look at this house that we built. I mean, it's got four bedrooms, three bathrooms. Everyone's comfortable. It's got a, look at the media room. It's amazing. But you want us to get up and go, that's what God told me to do. And I think I should listen. But where are we going? Where are we going? Are we going somewhere? Uh, are we going to Dubai or where are we going? Yeah, that's the thing. Um, he didn't tell me where we were going. I mean, at that point, I think that the wife would have walked out, right? Like, come on. You must have fell. You must say, we got to go call the doctor. Call 911, somebody. Something's going on with your dad. But, but no, listen, Sarai, listen. He told me to get up and, he go, and to go, but he made me a promise. He said that if I would leave where we're at right now, that he made me a promise that he would bless us. And not just bless us with a few little things. He said that he would make a nation out of us. That between you and I, we would become a nation. You see, that's amazing. We clap. But I forgot to tell you that, she, what, they're 70-something years old and they've never had a child. And at this point in the story, I'm thinking that Sarah's probably like, now I know you're off your rocker. I mean, come on. Look at us. We're going to have a baby? How is God going to make us a nation? Are you hearing yourself, Abram? 
You think that we leaving this place, the place of our comfort, the place that we've only known, the place where we're protected, the place of our security, you think that by leaving this place, we're going to be blessed. God's going to give us children. Don't you think that's a little too risky for us at our age? We've been saving up all our life for our retirement and we're retired. And I can imagine that they just kept going back and forth and arguing. The Bible doesn't tell us. But, but you know, if, if it's a typical wife and husband uh, deal, you know, it's something that's difficult to do. God asked Abram to take a step of faith. And basically said, hey, Abram, I have a great promise for you and for your family. But are you willing to risk going into the unknown just on a promise that I have made you. Here's what I believe is that the encounter that Abraham had with God was so earth-chattering, was so impactful that there was no room for him to question whether or not he was doing it. It was just a matter of getting his wife and his family on board with the fact that they were leaving. And the Bible says that God asked him to go and in verse 4, says, so Abram went. There are times in our lives when God calls us to move. But we get so hung up on details. But what if things don't work out? What if there are some difficulties along the road? What if there's some pain that we encounter? What if there's a storm during the journey and we can't make it all the way? Well, let me tell you, God is just asking you to have a little faith in the promise that he has made you, in the promise that he has made me. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you all the days of your life, whether you find yourself in a good day or stuck in a bad day. I will walk with you. We get into a car because we know where we want to go. God says, get into, my, get into my kingdom. I know where I'm taking you. You just have to trust me. You have to believe in me. But this is how we work. We want to know what the destination. Do I have enough gas to make it? Do I have enough resources to make it? Is there a job waiting for me on the other side? But that's the question. Are we willing to put our faith in God and risk it all? For Abraham, he decided to trust God and to follow his lead. And there's a few things I just want, to t I want you to take with you today. Okay? And if you're taking notes, I want you to write it down. Number one, we can't play it safe and please God. If you think that you can live life on the safe side, never take any risks, and never do something extraordinary for God. Never get out of your comfort zone. Never take a step to the left or to the right. And you think you can please God. Let me tell you that God has not called us to a safe life. God has called us to an adventure. God has called us to walk forward in faith. It is not by sight that we walk. 2 Corinthians 5.7 For we live by faith, not by sight. 
Well, how do you know that you're not, we're not going to be able to please God if we, if we play it safe? Well, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, I'm glad you asked. It says, without faith, it is impossible. Everyone say impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We are called into God's service. We are called to serve God through the faith that we have. Sometimes we don't quite understand what faith is. We think that the opposite of faith is, is doubt. And quite honestly, that is not the opposite of faith. The opposite of faith is self-sufficiency. Let me explain this to you a little bit. When we, in our minds, we think we're self-sufficient, we set a goal for ourselves. This year, I'm going to save this amount of money because I've already, uh, yes, I already did all the, all the counting. I did the calculator thing, and yeah, I can save this much money. That does not take faith, my friend. Because that's on your power. When we're self-sufficient, I am going to go out and I'm going to get this job because I put myself through school. I, have, I meet all the qualifications. I have all the experience. I can get this job. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't go seek jobs that you're qualified for. But I'm saying that that doesn't require faith to get that job because you meet all the qualifications. We require faith, and faith comes into action in our lives when there is something that we are supposed to go after, but we have no clue how to get there. We don't have the resources to obtain it. We have no idea what it's going to look like when we get there. All we know is that we got to trust God, and we're going to walk in that direction, and God is going to open a door somehow, some way in my life for me to obtain that for the honor and for the glory of him. When we act contrary to God, we cannot physically see, uh, we cannot, uh, we don't allow God. Here's the thing, when we can do it in our own strength, there's no room for God. If I can do it, I don't need God. If I can reach it, if I can read it, if I can achieve it, if I can touch it, what do I need God for? I heard someone say, if you can afford it, you don't need faith. I mean, we're praying for a building here in Frisco, and we keep saying, well, we can't afford it. There's just no way that we can get it. It's so expensive in this city. It's so expensive in these little tiny places where we ask, and there's like this much money, and there's just no way that we can afford it. Well, guess what? That is the perfect opportunity for my wife and I and for City Church to activate our faith and say, Lord, I don't know how we're going to do it, but one day I know that this building will belong to City Church, not for my honor, but for your honor, because at the end of the day, all I can say is I have no clue how we did it. All I can say is God opened the door. God framed his favor upon our lives and God did it for me. That's faith. 
When we're staring cancer right in the face and the doctors say there is no hope for you. We can't do anything longer. Well, guess what's going to have to be activated in your life? There's going to have to be some faith that if God can move a mountain, he can move this cancer out of your life. He can move this disease out of your life. He can remove this financial problem from your life. He can do the things that you and I can't do. If self-sufficiency is the enemy of faith, then risk is faith's fuel. You want to, you pray, we pray to God, Lord Jesus, give me more faith. Well, guess what God's going to do? He's going to put some impossible situations in your life. Lord, help me have more faith. Well, here you go, buddy. I want you to have faith because I can do it for you. But you got to trust me. You got to trust where I'm taking you. I will bless you. There will be blessings among you and your family and those who are around you. Not just a few people, but uh, the whole world will be blessed. If you can do it within your own power, you don't require faith. Number two, the second thing I want you to take home today is that a guarantee does not require faith. If a Fortune 500, co 500 company calls you today, Apple calls you today, Microsoft calls you today, and he says, hey, you know what? We have a job. You're perfect for the job. It's got a six-figure income. Praise the Lord. It's got six weeks vacation, two weeks sick time, outstanding medical and dental for your family. We'll pray for relocating costs. Does that take some faith to, to accept that job? You won't even pray. <laughs> All right, Pastor, yeah, um, I took a job. Be like, did you pray, son? Did you pray, my friend? Did you pray? No. I mean, I mean, how can I go wrong? <laughs> Check it out. Guarantees in life do not require faith. It's interesting because in Mark chapter 1, there's God, Jesus is walking along the sea. And it tells us in verse 16 that as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. For they were fishermen. And in verse 17 he says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Verse 18, at once. Everyone say at once. At once they left their nets and followed him. Here's Jesus strolling along the sea. He identifies a couple of guys and says, hey guys, drop those. Follow me because we're going to go fish for men. It's like, what? You want us to do what? No, the Bible says that they immediately. They didn't ask him, well, what's the pay? What's the job description? How much vacation time do I have? What are the benefits? Well, I have a wife. Uh, uh, I have to go speak to her first. I praise God, right? I have to make sure with my family that my family. No, they says that at once. They heard the voice of God speak into their lives. No questions asked. They dropped everything that they were doing and they followed Jesus. Sometimes we want, 
We want all kinds of assurance. Brother, I would like for you to open up a small group in your home. Oh, Pastor, you want me to do what? What if, what if, what if strange people come into my house? Uh, is it going to be safe? What if I can't teach them? What if I don't know the words to say? What if this? What if that? What if, what if things just go wrong? What if they get mad at me? What if I get mad at them? What if I don't have? They, what if they're unhappy? We ask all the what ifs. Because we want to be assured. We want an assurance that if I speak to my coworker about you, Jesus, about your love, that they're not going to get mad at me. That they're going to keep speaking to me. That they're not going to get upset. That I'm not going to get reported to HR. <laughs> that, that if, that if I, I tell someone, God can heal you, Lord. I can't just say that God can heal them because what if they don't get healed? We want assurance. We, we want to, a pastor said that we should be generous to the church, that we should give and that we should contribute our tithes, that we should give our offerings, but I need to make sure that it's going to work within my finances. Guarantees in life do not require faith. The only promise that God gives you is the only promise that we need. Romans chapter 8 verse 35 to 37 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. There is nothing in life that will separate you from God in his love. There is nothing that you may do. A job that, that fires you, a job that lays you off. That doesn't separate you from the love that God has for you. That if you lose uh, hope in something that, or someone disappoints you, that doesn't separate you from the love of God. If there's some kind of trouble that approaches you, that doesn't separate you from the love of God. If there's some sort of hardship in your life, if you can't even eat, you don't have enough to, to buy clothing, that does not separate you from the love of God. We may face difficulties, church. I cannot promise you that all things will go well at all times. But what I can promise you is that God will be with you every step of the way. The last thing that I want you to understand today is that our obedience proves our faith. The Bible says that Abram went. So Abraham went. In these three simple words, Abram proved that he had put his faith in God. When God calls us to have faith in him, our obedience will be the evidence of our faith, church. 
We prove our faith when we obey him with our words. The things that we speak, do they build or they destroy? Are they God-honoring or they are, are they unclean? We prove our faith when we keep our integrity intact. Are we cheating someone today? Are we talking, taking something that doesn't belong to us? Are our words honest or sincere and they're not or are they true or are they not true? And are they laced with double meanings? Our obedience proves our faith. We prove our faith when, when God asks us to keep our lives pure. Are we faithful to our spouse? Do we keep our lives sexually moral? Or do we lead sexually immoral lives uh, in marriage or prior to marriage or throughout any stage in our lives? Are we honoring God with our purity? We prove our faith in God when we're generous. Jesus said that God loves a faithful or a cheerful giver. Are we giving to the church? Are we tithing? Are we giving above the tithe through our offerings? Are we helping others who are in need? Are we giving of our time, of our resources, of our wisdom, of our experience? Because money is not the only thing that we have to offer. Some of us have gone through some difficulties that others are going through right now and they need someone to speak into their lives and say, you know what, I went through the exact same thing, but by the grace of God, he pulled me out and by the grace of God, he will pull you out as well. Don't give up. Keep taking a step of faith. Keep moving forward. Romans chapter 16 verse 25 says that the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. I'm going to ask you to stand. What is God asking you to do? We pray and we ask God, give me faith, Jesus. And God is like, you have to assume some risks, son. Maybe that thing that you see as a risk, God sees it as an opportunity to grow your faith. Maybe that thing you're having a difficulty to step into is God's calling upon your life saying, I've got a, such a big promise for your life. You just got to step into it in faith. Some of these things that God calls us to do. Forgive those who have hurt you. Let go of pain that has scarred you. Give up on some addictions that we still carry. Let go of relationships that are not working, relationships that are not good for you, relationships that are inappropriate. God says you got to have faith in me. You don't know the outcome. You don't know what it's going to look like. And yes, there is going to be some pain. There are some valleys that you're going to walk through. But you don't walk alone. Are you willing to obey God? And simply put your trust in him because his plan is better than your plan. Are you tired? 
waking up every morning fighting against God's call in your life? Aren't you tired of doing those things that you know keep you from, the, from, from God's presence in your life? God is telling you today, it's no accident that you're here today. God is speaking directly into your life and he's saying, it's time for you to trust me. It's time for you to get in the car with me. You don't know where I'm taking you. You don't know where I'm going, where we're going. But I do have a plan for your life. And it's going to be good. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be better than what you ever hoped for or dreamed for. So what we're going to do today, just because I, I know, I know there are some of us here today that there are things that we still struggle with. And taking a step into faith involves risks. And I'm asking you today, are you willing to risk it for God? And I don't know what it may be. I don't know what God is asking you to do, but you do. Throughout this whole time, God has been working in your heart right now. He's already put in your heart what you need to do. So what I want to do is I want to create a, a safe place for everybody. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask everyone today to come up to the altar. Whether or not you're ready to take the step, whether or not you want to say, I need to do this and I need to take this risk. Let's do it for our brother and for our sister. Let's walk in faith with him. Let's come up to this altar and let's just worship God. Let's give him honor. Let's give him praise. And if God is asking you to do something today, you say, Lord, I am willing to risk it for you. I'm willing to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm willing to give it up. I'm willing to step out. I'm willing